Alright, Bizzlecast listeners, welcome to the Bizzlecast film update for early August. It's the first one of these I'm dropping. It's part of the Bizzlecast Quickie series. I want to get you some news quick, fast, in a hurry. So here we go. It is the first week of August, uh, the a week of release of Suicide Squad, which I'm going to start with and have been saying since the first trailer, even though people find it funny that it was going to be terrible. After BVS, uh, uh, Batman v Superman, my prediction of terribleness went up. And then we found out that they were reshooting, and not just reshooting, but reshooting for comedy because of the negative reaction of lack of any comedy or uh, humanity in Batman v Superman. And then they didn't pre-screen the movie anywhere around the world, which is always a terrible sign. You know, even though Star Trek Beyond isn't going to do that great in the box office, it's gotten very good reviews by both uh, critics and viewers. It pre-screened to a whole bunch of different people in this country and elsewhere, had confidence confidence in the material this movie clearly did not and had good reason to lack confidence in its own material i will get back to the dc fundamentalist extremist who briefly ran an anti bring down rotten tomatoes campaign because of some uh, perceived conspiracy but it's not just that it's gotten bad Rotten Tomato scores. I think it's at like 29% right now. But, you know, that, you know, two-thirds to 80% of the bad Rotten Tomatoes reviewers who gave it a smash tomato, thumbs down, really, really hates it. It's going out of the way, even more than X-Men Apocalypse and Warcraft, to truly hate on this movie, um, which is interesting. In other words, the people who hate Suicide Squad, like hate it like really really hate it some nerd sites liked or were okay with the movie i guess the nerd scores are slightly higher than the general scores but you know io9 the verge screen crush screen rant the nerdist i mean pretty much anything other than empire magazine which i normally swear by which said they like the movie they're from the uk they don't uh, always have you know traditional opinions which actually puts me on their uh, side uh, more often than not and this one i don't agree with them but most of the nerd and, and main mainstream uh reviewers really disliked this movie or worse including my boy um uh peter travers from rolling stone who's been reviewing movies forever but i almost always agree with calls this a limp dick movie on top of other things it just looks terrible i'm sure it is terrible sorry dc fans out there this is not me rubbing it in i want dc movies to be good because it puts the pressure on marvel to be better and i, I i'm always in support of that Apparently, Batman is in this movie for like five seconds, and in his five seconds, manages to hit the only woman in the movie, Harley Quinn, played by, um, by Margot Robbie, who is both beautiful and seriously talented, and was the one reason I wanted to see this movie, and might end up watching it eventually on cable because of her. I think she's super talented, and she's way younger than you'd think. Um, but, uh, yeah, she gets smacked by Batman, and I don't think Jared Leto, uh, Leto, whatever, as uh, Joker, does much for people in this film. Not his fault, I'm sure. He's been nominated and been a great actor for many decades. Then This is another failure of imagination and execution by uh, DC and Warner Brothers. The DCEU is looking even shakier than it was after Batman v Superman, which is saying a lot. 
This is inferior filmmaking by an inferior studio who is scared of their competing superiors, Marvel Studio, who seems to get everything right. And so they keep getting things wrong in an attempt to overturn that paradigm, which isn't happening. Clearly, you know, DC Warner Brothers keeps thinking the Batman Superman brand can sustain all this, even without Batman and Superman, but it could barely sustain it with Batman and Superman. So I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. Now, on to the idiots. There is a so-called petition that was up, um, and I'm actually re-recording parts of this. It's been taken down. It had 17,000 signatures calling for Rotten Tomatoes to be removed from the internet because of some sort of conspiracy of negativeness against most of the horribly crappy DC movies out there. But what these morons failed to take into account or consider uh, is that Rotten Tomatoes is just a, a conglomerate of about 100 to 150 reviewers from both online and offline print sources. And it just puts it through the grinder of a calculator mathematical machine and spits out a, you know, not highly scientific but somewhat revealing score. That's just the tomato meter. The audience score works exactly the same, but it's with audience reviews instead of critical reviews. So, in order to accomplish their goals, you would need to shut down every newspaper, trade, publication, and entertainment blog in existence. Good luck with that, idiots. Luckily, the owner of the petition took it down and said it was actually at least half a joke, uh, which should make the people who took it seriously feel, you know... Even more ridiculous, but if they sign that petition, they probably have not that much self-awareness. So, sayonara, anti-Rotten Tomatoes, DC, extremist, fundamentalist petition. The bottom line is, I talked about this before, I've been accused uh, by, you know, Gabriel and other uh, Bizzlecast contributors and just followers of being anti-DC and hating on DC. It should be noted that the senior contributor, my number two, Matt Goisman, is the biggest DC guy out there and has never, ever accused me of this because we are in agreement that most DC movies are terrible. Um, and so this is not an attack against DC. This is an attack against bad movies, which we have seen all year long with Independence Day and, you know, Tarzan and the X-Men movie and the Warcraft movie and just one after the other. I mean, it's been just a horrible, horrible movie year. And for DC to put out two really pathetic efforts like Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, hard to know where to go from here. So putting this schlock aside for now, and speaking of maybe not so schlock, I actually really dug the Wonder Woman trailer that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. Now, you might think that the Bizzle, given how much nerd coverage I've done over the last year and a half or whatever, it, you know, is a big Comic-Con guy. I've never been, I, I've never wanted to go less <laughs> the more I get to know, even though I would probably run into dozens of podcasters and other friends or acquaintances online who I know, and that would be great, but it's just not my thing. I don't like huge crowds. I don't like having to, you know, wait in lines for hours and hours. And we get all the trailers and the good stuff that, that they get. Uh, and they post pictures, you know, big shout out to Sean Gerber from Modern Myth Media for posting like a hundred Instagram pictures of like all the various Star Wars, you know, uh, ships and outfits and, and weapons and so forth. Uh, normally I hate when people post hundreds of photos, but I, I, I couldn't have been happier. So thank you, Sean. But I would never go. But I did watch the trailers, and I really, really dug the Wonder Woman trailer. And my boy, Matty G, who I'm about to bring on in a few minutes, 
uh, liked but didn't love the trailer, thought that the action looked a little too Snyder-ish, and he's really not a fan of the Middle Eastern-y uh, uh, mixed with immigrant song by Led Zeppelin theme for Wonder Woman. I disagree on all those points, but totally get where he's coming from. I dug the music. Uh, MBVS, probably the only thing I liked in BVS. In fact, the only thing I liked in BVS was Wonder Woman, and so I'm really excited for this movie. I thought it was a great trailer. In fact, I, you know, I think Wonder Woman just present and her fighting and the stylization of her fighting in BVS was what I was hoping we'd get a whole movie of, even if it was so shallow, because it looks so great and it's bright and you see exactly what she's doing and it's in daylight and she's just taking on bad guys. And it looks like we're going to get a whole movie of that in World War One. What an amazing setting. I mean, everyone goes World War Two. World War One was way more horrifying and bizarre than World War II. Um, and so the perfect place to, to bring in Wonder Woman in just a, you know, a, a new setting that disorients us all. Wonder Woman's being uh, directed by Patty Jenkins, a female director with serious cred. Thank God, finally, she was supposed to direct the second Thor movie, Dark World. It was directed by Alan Taylor, who's known for directing some Game of Thrones episodes, which you know I hate, although the ones he directed I actually like. He also directed Terminator Genesis, which everyone but me hates. So I think the common opinion has to be that Alan Taylor probably screwed up Thor 2, especially after you had Kenneth Branagh Thor 1. Um, Patty Jenkins finally gets her shot here with basically the female Thor, and I talked to Maddie G, and I might bring this up when I talk to him, but she has comparable powers to Thor. In fact, while she might be physically slightly less strong than Thor, she's from a more militaristic background, um, and has maybe just been around longer, uh, and is just a great fighter. You know, Definitely making it look like Captain America in terms of her going up against guns. I'm wondering if they depower her. I'll bring that up with Matt. But this was a great first trailer. And Chris Pine, my God, this guy can just exist in any context. Uh, now, I, I assumed he would bring the movie up. Matt, when I talked to him online, th- was worried that Chris Pine, because he's so talented, and if it's a weak script, and Gal Gadot, just as a great actress, could steal the show. Uh, you know, Again, if it's a decent script, and Patty Jenkins does her job, and Gal Gadot does her job, then it won't be an issue. And, and even though he plays Kirk, you know, the u- ultimate narcissist, in reality, Chris Pine is very much a team player and has been in both support roles and lead roles uh, throughout his career. I think that's going to work out great. They seem to have very good chemistry. Just the image of of uh, Wonder Woman in the blue dress at the ball, you're going, okay, you know, maybe she'll kick someone's ass. And then it turns to her back and you see a sword down the back of her dress. And you're like, okay, she's definitely going to kick someone's ass. And they go out of her way to show that she's fully in control with the Chris Pine relationship. And so I think it's going to be good. I don't think that Gal Gadot has to be all-time spectacular. I think she has to be solid. She has to be committed. She has to give herself to this role. Um, she has to be ready to take risks. Uh, and I think Chris Pine and Patty Jenkins will help her do that. And, and so I'm actually quite excited for this film. All right, Bizzlecast listeners, as promised, here is Maddie G, a.k.a. Goose. Matt, you know I talked about Suicide Squad. I think we're on the same page there. I actually really like the Wonder Woman trailer, but be honest with you, man. Uh, be honest. With <laughs> Gal Gadot wearing a, a sexy blue dress with a broadsword shoved directly down her pants a- along the, her spine. Um exploitation amazing filmmaking other probably a little bit of both i mean (laughs) if you look at the different costumes and outfits 
that Wonder Woman has worn over the years, it all treads that very thin line between empowering and exploitative. Uh, so it's not out of keeping for her to wear a dress and carry a sword around. Um, I'm all yeah, for it. Yeah, to be honest with you, this this felt less exploitive than other things. I mean, it, it's a sexy dress, but it's a it's a, a stayed one at the same time, in which makes the sword reveal even more shocking. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, if nothing else, Gal Gadot seems to feel comfortable in the physicality of the role, right? And that's important for the first major female superhero movie ever. Absolutely. And you would expect somebody who has an you know, Israeli Defense Force military background and training would feel fairly comfortable with a physical role. I mean, I've said before that she passes the eye test as Wonder Woman, and I don't just mean that she's very pretty, although she is, but she has a very clear sense of strength and power to her that she kind of naturally emotes that I think is very much a uh, derived from her military background and it works mm. with a character who grew up in an extremely militaristic society i mean combat is what defines the amazons on Themyscira. interesting now you are way more familiar with the fast and furious movies as we established in our previous podcast on star trek yes when you first saw her on screen did she scream lead star of a major franchise no she really, I don't think I've seen every Fast and Furious she's in. She, I, she's in five, and which I've seen, and she's she, spoiler, six. dies in six. Oh, she um, dies in six. Oh. Yeah, she uh, gets, she falls from a moving car during this epic, ridiculously awesome, impossibly long uh, um, runway chase scene. Um, that's just one of the coolest action sequences I've ever seen. Um, but she falls and dies and that convinces her boyfriend who is, I want to say Korean to go to Tokyo because Tokyo drift actually takes place after six, even though it was the third movie. Uh, I know that's confusing. This is so complicated for cars. Right. But really she says like four lines in those move in the two movies that I've seen maybe combined. And she doesn't even really deliver them all that well. Um, I'm still not convinced she's actually a very, I mean, she's obviously a decent actress. I'm not convinced she's a brilliant one though. And it makes me worried about how she's going to handle a ton of screen time unless she doesn't have a ton of screen time. And actually it's more of a, a dual starring with Chris Pine, which you've talked about as a possibility. And I think we both agree would be a problem if that were to happen in what's supposed to be the first female led superhero movie. Honestly, I think this is a perfect parallel to both Hemsworth and Thor. Um, <laughs> there was lots of questions about Hemsworth. There are still lots of questions about Hemsworth. Not with me, but you know, not everyone sold that he's great or funny. For one, I hear he's hysterical in the Ghostbusters movie, whatever you think of it. I've heard he's great in it yeah. for men and women. I think him with Taika Waititi, I mean, just their Twitter posts have been hysterical the last couple months. I think that's going to be amazing. And I think Gal Gadot is just, you know, there's something about her, like... I refuse to believe that the only reason I liked Wonder Woman was because of how bad the rest of Batman v Superman was. It's possible that's the case. I think that was a case. lot of it. I think that I think, was a lot of it. Yeah. But Ben Affleck, I can usually at least appreciate a performance from him. People saying, oh, he's the best Batman. Well, she's still way more compelling than him. So what does that say? So she's better than Christian Bale by the transitive property? I don't know. I don't know. I, I share the concerns, but she's never awkward on screen uh, since we've seen her so far. And in trailers, she seems to be comfortable. I think Pine, if you just look at the jokes that they put in the trailer, is actually pulling back on the humor a little bit. I mean, it's very subtle, and, and I, I, 
yeah, I, I, I certainly don't see him purposefully stealing the movie from her, I guess is what I would say. No, I don't think purposefully, although I wouldn't put it past the studio to basically behind closed doors say something effective. We're going to say this is the first female-led movie, but it's not really going to be in the same way that Marvel has Captain, has Captain Marvel, but they waited to announce Brie Larson until after they had announced that Benedict Cumberbatch, Chadwick Boseman, and Paul Rudd are all supposedly going to be in the film. And they've had some other questionable decisions regarding what they call a main, a major female character. I actually interpreted that a little bit differently, man. I, I think they wanted to, to bolster it with male characters before they announced the most important casting to just show how important this is and not be like, okay, now we got Brie Larson, so now we're going to get this guy. No, no, these guys are committed to doing this property regardless of who it is. We trust Marvel, and they picked Brie Larson, who I wouldn't have picked, but uh, I'm sure will work out fine. She's won an Oscar. She's obviously a very good actress. Um, can, can I throw you one Wonder Woman scenario, and then we can jump to Justice League, because I yep. really want to hear about this? Sure. Is it possible that Wonder Woman 1 is going to be essentially Cap 1, but from Haley Atwell's perspective, if Haley Atwell had the superpowers? Go ahead. Um, a little hard of a question to answer. I, I think no, only because... She is bossing him around in a couple of the scenes. They make that quite clear, that she's running, wearing the pants. I, I think it's important. Go ahead. Sure. I mean, the dynamic is going to be a little bit different, though, in, if for no other reason that Captain America has powers, Haley Atwell doesn't, and Captain America, and we've talked about this, what makes him such an interesting kind of male character is that even when he becomes a dreamboat, he's still extremely nervous, some have argued maybe even virginal around women, and Haley Atwell intimidates him. Gal Gadot doesn't look at all intimidated in anything. She has this kind of cockiness, which is in keeping with her character of, I come from this super advanced all-female society, yes. and man's world just strikes me as ridiculous. Which kind of describes Israel, actually, <laughs> in the Israeli military society as well, yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah. I mean, where else, where else do you have that many women fighting on the front lines? It just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have that joke in the Wonder Woman trailer where she meets Etta Candy, who I was... That's a character from the comics, and I, I was cool that they're including her. Um, obviously, a modern-day character, not a World War One character, but I like that they have a character named Etta Candy. Uh, and she describes what a secretary does, and Gal Gadot's like, okay, on my island, we call that slavery. Um, and I thought that was a funny bit, and it that suggests that this kind of fish-out-of-water quality that Captain America, I think, feels a little bit, especially in the first movie – as he goes from being a scrawny wimp to this guy with superpowers and muscles and doesn't know what to do with them exactly. Um, I think this is a, a kind of a reverse that she is not going to start with that same nervousness. I guess I would, the Haley Atwell comparison was just that for me, the most memorable part of the first cat movie is Haley Atwell. Mm -hmm. And you know, then she got her own show, which barely lasted two seasons not that many people saw, although they do have a lot of hardcore fans. I guess what I'm saying is that we're going to get the female perspective here, regardless of, of, you know, of what it is. Um, and she has sort of that, um, uh, you know, like super strong personality and yes, you know, hyper capability or whatever that Haley Atwell had that was so great in the first movie and her other appearances. Now right. we give her, and she's a, you know, she has no father, but she was formed by Zeus. Uh, 
Yeah. So just really quickly, and I want to jump to Justice League because I thought the trailer was horrible. Um, <laughs> is that we like the the new Wonder Woman idea, right? The relatively newer one with being Zeus being the father or whatever. I like both. I don't mind like the both. idea okay. of you know, as I said, I think the first time we talked about this. Yeah. If you read Greek mythology, Zeus mostly r- goes around raping women, and so the yep. idea that he's got a bunch of half god, half human children that he doesn't know about running around having superpowers totally in keeping with greek mythology i also like the old idea of the clay vessel brought to life maybe that goes back to my thesis in college which was about the golem of prague who is a superhero brought to life by the jews of prague to save them from the black libel Um, but i i find that idea fascinating too I don't really have a preference either way between which um, which origin they want to go with. I don't think it totally matters all that much because in either case, it's about leaving the world she's from and coming to man's world and trying to figure out how to live in it. So what her background is, I think it's kind of irrelevant because modern or you know 1920s, 1910s, the world would have just as hard a time accepting a woman made out of clay as a woman born of the Greek gods. So, okay. The fact that she's potentially half-human, though, already makes her more human than Thor. Yeah. Makes her have more of a personal investment. And not only that, but Thor, you know, was like Odin and so forth, were adopted as gods by the Scandinavians, but were not exclusively gods of the Scandinavians. As far as we know, Zeus is exclusively the god of of humans on Earth. And so she is more connected with yes. Earth. Now, with her, with the shield fighting the gunfire from World War One, is amazing right. as World War One looks. It just feels like Cap, right? I mean, are they, are they depowering her in order to make this more of a war movie? Because it seems like she could just take down armies by herself in, in normal continuity. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, she, as I understand it, this is one of the areas of her powers, and I don't want to get too caught up in this minutia that I never quite understood is, as far as I can tell, her skin is impenetrable, but she has also always worn the bracelets that are able to deflect bullets, and she fights with a shield to deflect bullets. Right. I, To me, I got to be honest, the war combat scenes really didn't do it for me. They looked to me the most, not even like BVS's combat style. I thought they they were remind great. me a lot of 300. Um, and I know in your end of this that you talked about um, how even before Snyder was doing slow-mo fighting, guys like the Wachowskis and the Matrix were doing it too. Yeah. You're right, but there is a specific individualized fighting style and focus that Snyder has that is the strongest, I think, in 300. And that's the first thing I thought of when I watched this trailer was this just looks like 300, but people are shooting at her instead of shooting bows and arrows. They're shooting guns at her. Yeah, and as I said, you know, my problem with Snyder's approach has never been his philosophy, but his execution. Uh, my, um, all of my that both of those are, are problems I have with Snyder. I have problems with everything yeah. about how Snyder makes movies. But, but what I'm saying is, if they realize the specific vision that we saw of the combat and the tiny little bit we saw of Wonder Woman, I think that could look awesome. 
I think it could look better than Snyder. I, I think we have to entertain the notion that Patty Jenkins will be a better action director. We certainly didn't think the Russos were going to be. We certainly didn't think James Gunn was going to be, you know, one of the greatest lore masters of space opera of all time. Right. So we have to give, I think we have to give for now Patty Jenkins the benefit of the doubt that maybe she'll take the Snyder feel and make it actually work and look fucking cool. Because 300 looked cool at like, you know, 50 different points, but the, everything in the middle of that was horrible, you know? But again, I would argue that's mostly narrative anyways we'll wait to see do you know when this is coming out i should know this when wonder woman is coming out i'm pretty sure this is 2017 oh no it's definitely next year um i just can't remember the exact release date um yeah we'll wait for the next uh we'll wait for the next trailer but i think they had to get a guy like pine they had to you know for just the regular dudes out there you know and i think he he can be a regular dude but also be like sensitive and and that sort of stuff um so we will wait to see on that so okay man (laughs) it's scheduled to be released june 2 2017 which is a good date hopefully this year the summer was terrible yeah this was a pretty lousy summer for movies (laughs) We won't even talk about Suicide Squad. I know we agree on this, and we're not going to see it. I don't know if I'm going to see it or not. I probably won't. Whatever oh, really? the whatever you know, people think when they see it. What is clear to me is it's a mixed bag at best. Maybe it's better than BVS. Some people do seem to think that, although that's not really saying much because BVS was more or less a two and a half hour tire fire. Speaking of a two and a half hour tire fire, right? Justice League looks significantly worse than a bad episode of The Flash. Am I wrong? (laughs) Well, what I find (laughs) interesting about Justice League is that in terms of tone, in terms of how it looks, how it's framed, even how the logo looks, they are going for the aesthetic and the tone they went for in Suicide Squad, which is this sort of zany screwball comedy that's probably still going to be really violent, but really PG-13, you know, fake violent, but not the grave overtones so pretentious it's like completely up its own asshole uh tone of batman v superman where everything is somber and dark and uber serious justice league looks a lot lighter and i think they're definitely taking that from suicide squad but i think they made that decision before reviews came in that seemed to suggest that all of these reshoots they did for suicide squad to make it lighter and funnier didn't really save it that if anything they made it more incoherent I watched the Justice League trailer or the the sizzle reel, the other – I mean there's like eight different kinds of trailers they release now, and we have different names for all of them. When I saw, what I saw was like a minute of Jason Momoa doing nothing and then a yeah. bunch of random other shots of the characters. That's I'm what sorry, I saw. I'm sorry. Jason Momoa looks so Horrible. stupid as Aquaman. I, I mean, sorry. What are you apologizing to me? I didn't, I didn't watch Stargate Atlantis. I hate Game of Thrones. I, I thought he'd be a good Aquaman. but so I didn't much put- cooler in Game of Thrones. Um <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't even speak English. <laughs> right. Doesn't matter. He, he had Amelia Clark. That's what he had. Yeah. Yeah, but but he was great. He, I mean, I I have YouTube just clips of him. He being was great, Cal but Drogo. Amelia Clark's the one who's lasted six seasons, not him. I yeah, mean, let's be honest. Because Cal Drogo dies in the books too. I mean, yeah, and because she's a fucking great actress. I'm just giving her props. That's all. No, no right. worries, brother. No, she Keep deserves going. Deserves props. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. So a few friends of mine who are women on Facebook were, you know, posting gifs of that scene where he drinks the Dasani bottle of water and slams it down and the ocean sprays up behind him and they were swooning. And if that scene is really shot just to have a moment of female gaze, I'm all for it. But even taking that out, 
that is a comically stupid scene with the drinking the water bottle and it's slow motion because, of course, it's Snyder. It just looks so dumb to me that even if you find the scene attractive because Momoa is in great shape and very muscular and shirtless, which more power to you, it's still a dumbass scene. And it sure doesn't look to me like what Aquaman looks like, who is a svelte, blonde-haired gentleman. Um, And then you have that. You have Ezra Miller as The Flash, who, I mean, to say nothing of that they've gotten away from what Barry Allen is in the comics, he doesn't even look like they're taking the same character as Barry Allen, as Grant Gustin plays him in the TV show. This, to me, looks... Yeah. Remember when I I gave in to you and said, you know what, Grant Gustin's just a TV character. I get why they're not putting him on the movies. Right. I take that all back. I think Grant Gustin should be on the big screen because this guy is not good. Grant Gustin is better looking and more charismatic than this fellow, as far as I could tell. 100%. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why not take these guys? I don't know. Oliver Queen is amazing. Put him on the fucking big screen. He's better than these jokers. Sorry. Sure. I mean, as I said last time, I would keep Grant Gustin on TV just to keep a DC television universe that I think is pretty is on pretty okay ground right now away from the massive shit show that has become the DC extended universe and just keeps seeming to get shittier. Um, but Ezra Miller, I think so does not so far look to me to be like a good casting for Barry Allen. I mean, his character reminds me of if you take the isolation and the annoyingness of Tom Hall, yeah, Tom Holland's Spider-Man from Civil War, and you combine that with the spastic annoyingness of Evan Peters' Quicksilver, who was both of who we like, by the way, both of yes, whom we like. Yes, I liked both of them. But yes. if you take the worst elements yes. of both of those characters right. and you smush them together, right. you seem to have what Ezra Miller is bringing to Barry, uh, to Barry Allen, and it sucks. It, right. it really – I watched that moment. I was like, really? This is their Flash? This is horrible. I mean Ben, ben Affleck already looked bored, looks bored by the guy. I mean right. it's amazing. And if that's going to be their Tony Stark meets Peter Parker scene like in Civil War, it, it already it looks a billion times inferior to the version we got in Civil War of the same thing, of the rich orphan billionaire – older guy meeting the young isolated like somber bummed out young guy with powers can i ask you a completely absurd comparison hypothetical question sure okay what is more likely that justice league will be released ever or that donald trump will be on the ballot come november oh uh justice league will be released I'm pretty sure that no matter what goes wrong with the DC Extended Universe, we are going to have this shit through Justice League, which, remember, is only two years out. They're already filming it. They filmed all those stupid scenes for this trailer, this Comic-Con sizzle reel, whatever it's called. Yes. I I think they are pot committed to Wonder Woman and Justice League. But Mm. if Wonder Woman isn't good and if Justice League bombs, I think at that point maybe Warner Warner Brothers – I don't think Justice League is going to bomb. I think it's going to make some money. But if it continues to go down this track that the DCEU is on, I think Warner Brothers will pull the plug after that. Um, Especially because I think Justice League is going to be the last DCEU movie that Zack Snyder is really going to be his baby. I think Jeff Johns is already probably starting to make some changes, 
but he did inherit this a little bit and he can't yes. change the early elements sure. of it but the later stuff could be completely abandoned and scrapped for another plan if the next two movies which are wonder woman and justice league don't work out i think what is it trump has like a 20 percent, 25 percent chance on 538 right now of getting uh, right now he's got about a 20 percent chance okay uh, i think there's an 80 percent chance justice league gets released at least better than half you know um hmm. i i really don't think warner brothers is going to cut and run on a movie that uh this close to release and two years a year and a half is really not all that long off for these long-term franchise plans with movie studios so i'm pretty sure we're going to get wonder woman and justice league after that i i hope they scrap the whole thing i think this experiment has been a failure i think they took the wrong approach to making these movies and i think they should just scrap it and come up with something else entirely um i think interesting i think they you know we've talked about this I think Warner Brothers went ass backwards into this thinking they could start with group movies and then blow those out into solo movies. And what you have through the first couple is too many origin stories, too much stuff crammed together. I mean, that's the biggest complaint people have about Suicide Squad so far is you have like eight characters, only one of whom anybody really knows. I mean, you might know who Harley Quinn is. Chances are you don't know who anybody else is. You don't know who Killer Croc is. You don't know who Deadshot is. You know, unless you watch a, a, the Batman TV show in right. the '90s or Arrow in the Flash, you don't know who Captain Boomerang is. You don't know who uh, um, the Fire Guy, whose name I can't even remember. The Enchantress. These are B-name characters at best, and they're just cramming them all together. And so you have to give each of them a ten-minute origin story. And you have eight of them. So half your movie is origin stories. So what happened to a studio, Warner Brothers, responsible for everything from you know some of the Rocky movies to The Matrix to the Ocean's Eleven movies, Terminator, but also you know more uh, more indie movies over the years. I mean, this is you know this is considered. A, a premiere studio obviously it's warner brothers like how the fuck the departed the prestige i mean how did they get to this point i think two things happened all together that kind of got us to this point one the marvel cinematic universe took off in a way that i mean i think when iron man the first one came out you know you can look at it and say okay great somebody made a cool superhero movie but that's all it is and it really wasn't until the avengers grossed a billion and a half that then this idea of this long, big universe became something that it suddenly went from maybe this was a cool idea to try to worrying this is something we have to do to stay relevant if we want to make movies in this genre. And then the other thing is Batman, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, kind and the failure of some of their movies that aren't quite that are that were tonally different, like Green Lantern and Superman Returns, which mm -hmm. bombed. Um, you know, Green Lantern was a, a disaster. Superman Returns was disappointing, um, and it certainly well, didn't get wasn't the kind it of funny. Sorry to interrupt. Wasn't it funny to see though how high Green Lantern was on the uh, the tomatoes list relatively <laughs> to where you? Yeah, think but that's it would only be. because there have been some truly <laughs> atrocious movies like yeah. Superman Four and Batman Turn of Swamp Thing. Yeah, and the 
last couple of Batman uh, 90s movies. I so guess I, I just, you know, there's something so iconic about when you watch the Matrix movies and you hear the Matrix music behind the WB logo. Right. And then you see the Dark Knight movies or any Christopher Nolan movies. Actually, I think they're all on Warner Brothers for the most part. And you see it behind the logo. And then Batman v Superman, and I assume watching Suicide Squad, and it just it doesn't make sense. Like as a business decision, it would seem like you would want to cut bait now and go with some other properties, but they just don't seem to want to go that way. And by the way, is Batman in Suicide Squad? I still don't have confirmation that this is happening. As I understand it, he's in it for like five minutes. Okay, and he hits Harley Quinn. Apparently, is what I heard. He hits her. Which I mean. Whatever. If if you're a villain and you fight Batman, he's going to hit you. I, I don't care about that. What I do notice, though, is the people who've seen it have said all of the, the hell people raised about a new Joker after Heath Ledger. Apparently, Jared Leto is in the movie for so little time yeah. that it's irrelevant. That yeah. I mean, it, it was a completely – it was not at all worth the the – hassle that people put into caring about this particular well, you know you know movies bad when an article starts a sentence say what you will about batman v superman <laughs> <laughs> i think i read that you sent me that that is pretty funny that's where we've lowered our standards to i don't find wb trying to make these characters into the temples of their organization i mean these are some of not the people in just in Suicide Squad, but, but you had to wonder why they weren't promoting Will Smith more from the beginning. They never have, and now it seems to make sense, right? I don't know I don't Who's- that at all. What I do find interesting is Deadshot is a white guy in the comics, and when they cast Will Smith as him, nobody He's cared. Good in Arrow. He's pretty good in Arrow. Yeah, man. that actor does a fine job. My point okay. is. People raised hell over them making Johnny Storm black. In oh, the- please. We're not going to go here. We talked about this with Ghostbusters. You know, if, if, if you're fucking racist listening to the show, I want you to turn it off right now and stop listening. Right. It okay. Just, Sorry. It seems to me that what we've reached a point of is it's not that we care whether we not or not we race flip certain characters or not. Or, or that we race flip. It's only that when you happen to race flip a specific character that you like, you flip out about it. And when they race flip somebody you've never heard of, you don't give a shit at all. You don't even know. Nobody likes Deadshot. He's like, yeah. I don't know. He's like the the second most well known assassin in DC. Maybe, maybe he's in the top five. So when they made him a black guy, nobody cared because nobody cared about Deadshot. But Johnny Storm, people know who he is. So when they race flipped him, everybody flipped out. Um, I so. think we would be hard pressed to find five supervillains in all of comics that are truly transcendent. You got the Joker at one, and then after that, I mean, I don't know who's there. I mean, Loki is way more interesting in the movies than the comics. Trust me, Loki right. in the comics. Oh, you're not talking about villains. Uh, supervillains, like interesting three dimensional supervillains in in comic books. Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom, Magneto. Mm. Magneto was what I grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. Magneto is super interesting. Doctor Doom, who I n- never encountered, but the people who I know who really read a lot of Marvel Love Doom. Yeah. said he's awesome. I, yeah. Lex Luthor is a really interesting bad guy. The Joker obviously is he's he's iconic. I don't know if he's all that interesting because he's just crazy. He doesn't even have one origin story. So it's hard to relate to him because all he's just he's the Joker. He kills a lot of people. Um and he's sort of in this bizarre love-hate relationship with Batman. 
Um, but he's certainly iconic. But yeah, him, Lex Luthor, those are the guys on DC side. And I would say probably Magneto and Doom on Marvel side are probably mm-hmm. the, the big four. Um, maybe Dark Side on the DC side, which I guess mm-hmm. we'll get in Injustice League Part 2. Um, I, I don't think that movie's happening. By the I don't think so either. Um, especially when the bad guy in part one is going to be a guy named Steppenwolf, who's one of um, one of Darkseid's like helper gods. Um, and yeah. I really hope there's a lot of the band Steppenwolf in there, just because that would be funny. I don't think they're going to do that, but I would laugh <laughs> if they did that. I um. All right, a couple quick thoughts, and we'll sign off here because I wanted yeah. to keep this reasonably short. So. One of the things that I think is working in Wonder Woman's favor is that let's assume the first movie is good, at least good, okay, and well done and entertaining. They really could maintain that franchise separate from all the other nonsense going on in the DCEU. I mean, because she's traveling through time and she comes from her own world and she's got her own rules, right? I mean, it seems like, you know, against all odds, the female superhero is actually the most uh, uh, protected and shielded from the other bullshit going on. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, they, they'd have to get around that line at the end of BVS where she says, I turned my back on humanity 100 years ago. So if she keeps coming back to help humanity every 10 years or whatever, they're going to have to figure out a way around that particular line. Well, I think but, that's the whole Chris Pine storyline. But yeah, go ahead. Sure. I, I mean, but other than that, yeah, you know, starting this story in World War One means conceivably you have 100 years you could play with her character before you have to deal with Man of Steel, with you know, with Clark Kent coming to Earth, which kicks off all of the modern day events. Um, I mean, she is sort of the the deeper Jayla, right? I, if, I mean, we hope. Like, take everything you said about Jayla, or we just talked about about Jayla, and then about Chris Pine. You know, we praise both Chris Pine and the movie makers for not making Jayla just a sex object. Right. which was awesome, you know. But, yeah, she's like a wild warrior from, like, another place or another time, you know, and Chris Pine, you know. Um, I think that could really work if they, if they have good back and forth. It seems like Chris Pine relaxes people around him. I don't know what it is. If you've seen the Horrible Bosses movies, like, no. just random comedies that he's been in, like, he is so funny like he's incredibly funny like it doesn't even need to be in a dramatic context like he's fucking hysterical so um yeah i think that's gonna work i think the i think the justice league is is a failure they should go back to tv which is where they're having their biggest successes Mm -hmm. um but the problem is i can trash uh, Suicide Squad all the live long day, but hey, I'll get trashed for not seeing it and trashing it. Cause like you, I refuse to spend my money on this schlock. And B, you know, it's gonna make six hundred million dollars. And so people say, oh, it's a big success. It made more money than Star Trek. Um, yeah, I just don't know these days. I, I, again, this is the connection with Trump voters versus moviegoers. It really, it makes, I mean, Bourne is going to make the, Bourne is making the same money that Star Trek made. It's going to make the same money that X-Men made. It's going to make the same money that Warcraft made. It's going to make the same money. That, I mean, they're all making the same money, all these bad summer blockbuster movies. Right. I don't know where, I don't know where this is going. And so maybe, I guess, to end on, on a positive note, I haven't watched the Doctor Strange. I, I did watch a Doctor Strange trailer once, quickly, yeah. I, I, on my phone. I didn't see it closely. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm a little off the train just because I'm kind of sick of the whole thing at the moment, and I'm not a magic guy, even though I'm a fantasy guy. People think, oh, you must be loving the Doctor Strange thing. Yeah, it's not really my thing, like in the modern world, but it's been a Cumberbatch. I'm willing to give it a chance. So I know you watched the trailer. Yeah. Give us some feedback on that, and then actually, I have a a, a uh, non-traditional Rogue One question to end us on. But let's let's talk very briefly about uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Go ahead. I uh, The second trailer didn't strike me as all that different from the first one, um, which I guess technically was a teaser, not a trailer. Again, I hate – tra- we could do a whole podcast about like what trailers have become these days and how shitty it is. But I like this trailer. I mean I, I didn't see anything that made me more or less excited to see it. Okay, hold I on. I just, I just on put it on. the seaside of this for the whole he, – He's whole in the time. hospital right now with Rachel McAdams looking horribly disfigured, and now he's yeah. doing magic with Tilda Swinton. Go ahead. Right. That's I mean, that's the plot is he's a neurosurgeon who loses his fine motor control when he's in a car accident or, or something. And so he kind of loses himself. He goes wandering. He goes wandering through East Asia. He winds up in wherever the hell he winds up and he meets Tilda Swinton's ancient one character. And that's where he gets his abilities. Um, so all of that is in keeping, as I understand it, with Doctor Strange's character. They've kind of modernized his friend who i believe his friend's name is actually wong and and he's really pretty awful as a racial stereotype in his original comics form so they kind of did away with some of that which i can't yes. imagine anybody's gonna they be were very aware of that mad about um but but but, but benedict wong who's playing the role is fucking hilarious from the martian if you guys have seen the martian uh it's so funny at that movie oh Go as ahead. bruce as bruce ang from yeah. jpl yeah <laughs> Um, but it just looks a little too inceptiony. It's a little yeah, too dark. Um, we just saw You're the, the one ins- who wants yeah. dark stuff in your superhero movies. You've said no, that. But like, I want dark days. themes, not just dark tones. You know, yeah. I want. Yeah, I mean. The, you know, look, him and Chiwetel jumping around together doing shit is great. Even though you know Chiwetel's going to be a bad guy eventually, even an idiot like me knows that that's going to happen based on right. the name of his character. They're going to be buddies in the first movie, as I predicted a long time ago. That's great. That's what we want. I'm fine with it. The reason I didn't like Inception had nothing to do with the aesthetic. So if that's all they yeah. take, then I'd be totally fine with it. Shambhala. I'm pretty sure that's all they're going to take. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Just, but it's yet another origin story we didn't need. We, we could have just jumped into this universe. How cool would that be from minute one if you were just in Doctor Strange's world and they didn't explain anything, honestly? I think this one you have to do a little bit more ex- yeah. explaining for. It's not like Spider-Man in the MCU where you could just like have a half a sentence okay. cut off by Tony Stark because everybody All knows right. how Spider-Man gets his powers. Nobody knows who Doctor Strange is except comic readers. All right, so the Bizzlecast listeners know that that Matt and I have been have been sort of having a competitive joking back and forth about Rogue One. We're really just busting each other's balls, guys. It's nothing more than that. You know, we like taking fake credit for fake theories about fake things. Um, <laughs> and, and so that's really it is. And so I'm starting to think, man, Rogue One is going to be the best blockbuster movie of the year. I think it's going to be better than Civil War, from what I can tell so far, which I'm thrilled. So I'm going to ask you a non-traditional question here, which is, is it too dark? Is it not dark? Is it too right. Disney? Is it not Disney? So my question to you is, well, first, A, did, you know, do you feel anything different about it after the whole celebration footage and so forth? But B, is this what the public wants? This is what I want. This is what I think you want. But the real question is, money-wise, is this what the public wants? 
I'm pretty sure that anything that you were to put out of any tone, any degree of violence, any degree of darkness or not or or lightness, if you put out a Star Wars movie on Christmas Day, you're gonna make a shitload of money. I, I think the public. Yeah. But there's a big difference between two billion and six hundred million, my friends. I'm pretty confident Rogue One, no matter what it came out, no matter what it was actually like, would make over a billion dollars. I'm very confident in that. Um, I don't know what the public wants. I think the public just wants to be entertained. I think the people who really care about Star Wars are Star Wars fans, and there's a large percentage of moviegoers who do not give a shit. They just like big space explosion movies and that's all and it's this delivers on that and it's exciting and fun even if it's dark but you know if it's if it's you know exciting to watch and if it's gets your you know blood blood pumping a little bit it's going to do fine as a christmas day release um especially when they're just gonna you know they're gonna start uh publicizing it six months in advance so by the time the day comes Everybody is going to, you know, have blood squirting out of their ears trying to get a ticket for it. So I, I think there's only sure. a small contingent of moviegoers who, a- relatively speaking, who actually care what Rogue One is or isn't, and most people are just going to see it because it's out. Um, well, let me let me throw this back to you just real quick, which is that I, you know this is going to be more in the Winter Soldier category than like the Avengers or the Force Awakens category, right? right. I mean, this is going to be a hard PG thirteen movie where sure. people are going to die. We see them die in the trailers. Yeah. Um, we don't see that much in Marvel and Disney, and so let's say it's very well reviewed by both fans and the critical media. But it makes five no six hundred and thirty three million dollars. Okay, which is just over a third of what The Force Awakens makes. Right now, Captain America: The Winter Soldier made over seven hundred million, mm-hmm. which is shocking because Cap was not considered a major character at that point yet, really. And on top of that, it was a very dark and violent movie. Right. So the, maybe it that is what they're shooting for. Um. My concern is that they're going to just look at the do- – again, I'm always finding problems – that they're just going to look at the dollar total and say, oh, it made this much, it should be darker, it made this much, it should be you know, not as dark, and so forth. But is it possible they do have a different criteria of judgment than with the uh, – what do they call them? The, um, the anthology movies, like the episode 7, 8, 9, and so forth? Well, my guess is whatever the operating budget is is going to affect what they consider a success or not. When you – only spend eighty million dollars on a movie, and you make seven hundred million and change like De- Deadpool did. That's an unmitigated success. When you spend four hundred plus million on a movie like BVS supposedly cost, and you only maybe about double that in the end, that's not nearly as much of a success. So I don't know what Rogue One is going to cost to make versus what, for instance, Force Awakened makes. So what they're expecting. It's probably going to change a little bit by what they spent on it. You know, you, if you spend ten million on a movie, you don't expect it to make a billion dollars, um, just because. Yeah. And you, but ultimately, yeah, I think dollars and cents is what drives any of this stuff because these are major blockbusters, and they are you know movies reserved for some of the most profitable movie going days and months of the year. And you don't put them there if you don't expect them to perform financially. You know, they, if they didn't 
expect Rogue One to do fantastically on Christmas Day, they wouldn't have put it on Christmas Day. You know, Christmas Day is one of those prime movie-going days. Or, you know, the few days leading up to it, whatever the exact release date is going to be. Sure. It might actually no, be no, Christmas it's, Day. It's either the week leading up to Christmas or Christmas, yeah. So I, I think they're going to be <laughs> sad that they don't have Felicity Jones signed for more than one contract. That's what I think they're going to be sad about. Possibly. Because she appears to be the true successor to Princess Leia, not Rey. And I love Rey. I love Daisy Ridley. I follow her on Twitter and Facebook. I fucking love Daisy Ridley. I love Rey. But if you look at w- what Leia was a- as both a female empowerment, uh, you know, model and a sex object in the late seventies, early eighties, right. I think Felicity Jones is closer to that. You know, she- and it's during the rebellion, which is where Princess Leia earned her stripes as well during the rebellion. Not many yeah. years later, I-, I, you know, and I think they are going. If this movie does well, review wise and money wise, they're gonna have to find a way to bring back the... I mean, they got Donnie Yang. They got fucking Forrest Whitaker. I mean, um, Mickelson, what's his name? Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. I mean, this oh, is Doctor really Strange. a great cast. Oh, yeah. This is a great cast. Yeah. So if, if, this, if they pulled this off, you know, this is supposed to be a one-off movie. I guess that's part of why Felicity Jones probably agreed to it. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I am. I'm feeling better about this. I think I was doing the whole reverse jinx thing, you know, that Bill Simmons mm-hmm. does. Yeah. You know, I was kind of reverse jinxing the whole thing because I was worried it wasn't going to be great because I, I wanted it to be. But um, yeah, this could be the one. I mean, they could get nominated for this. Honestly, with ten num- with ten slots these days, you know, if this is the best blockbuster movie of the year by far, and it's a dark Star Wars movie that's directed really, really, really well and acted well by someone who's won or at least been nominated. For- well, no, Forrest Whitaker's won. Felicity Jones has been nominated. Um, I'm not saying it will be. You I, know, I, pr- I predicted a civil it war. Yeah. It's very, Probably very rare that movies like this get nominated for the big awards. I hope The Hunt for Avatar the Wilder People. Avatar was, an, obse- was uh, an exception, and Mad Max was an exception. Um, I don't want to get into an argument about Mad Max. but No, 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 that's fine. Uh, w- I don't know. Your comparisons of Jin versus Rey as characters, I think we're going to see Rey come into her own and be a lot more of the spiritual successor to princess leia in the next movie i'm just saying from a cultural standpoint ray daisy ridley is so cute and so pretty and so relatable and just just you know the perfect action character for a kid of any age of any gender right but felicity jones is undeniably sexy and and you know carrie fisher in the 70s was undeniably sexy and that's true, you know, but I think they, and they were both really the rebel fighters. Up in the later movies, I mean, the bikini scene that everybody thinks of, that's the third movie. We know they had to tape her boobs in the first movie. What? They had to tape uh, Carrie Fisher's boobs were so big in that white dress with the buns in the first movie. With really? the white dress. They had to ta- yeah, they had to tape her boobs down. They bo- they, oh. She's confirmed this. They had to tape her boobs down so she could run around with the blaster and everything because she was, she was bouncing all over the place. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. 
I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, no one's like, oh, Ray should be the cover model for whatever. It'll be interesting if Felicity Jones becomes objectified. I don't think that's going to be an issue in this day and age. I'm just saying. I think it will be an issue just because that happens with every woman who gets into this business. Um, she'll be a, somebody is going to objectify her. I, if I was Disney, I would probably have signed her to a contract, something along the lines of one movie with a player, you know, with a team option for a second, because there's no reason they can't make more of these movies unless they kill her. I mean, you can keep having adventures of Jin Orsa doing other stuff. Maybe she's going to die. Maybe she will. Maybe she or not they you know it's a giant universe and there's got to be stuff going on in the universe that doesn't involve luke and his friends so you could always make more anthology movies about her going off on adventures in other parts of the universe you don't have to tie it all to the plight of the rebellion fighting you know the death star um so here's the real question it's what video games have been doing yes since they started making star wars video games so the real question is are there any women, American or English, between the ages of 24 and 39 right. that are not in a superhero property or a Star Wars property or related property? It's hard to think. Are there any? I'm certain there are. Um, I know, but if you try to think off the top of your head, it's like there's nobody. I can't figure out anyone. Has Charlie's Theron been in? Mad in Max. These- and and Prometheus. Oh, are we including sci-fi? Just sci-fi in general? Well, you're right. I mean, yes, tech. Right. Theoretically, she's not been in the main line ones, but she was in Prometheus and Mad Max. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough question, especially because most of the movies I watch are sci-fi, fantasy, or action movies. So that's like all most of the actresses I know. Like, I can't tell you who anybody is in the TV show Scandal. I'm pretty sure a lot of them have not been in superhero <laughs> movies. Carrie Washington was very much not a superhero in Django Unchained, uh, for okay, better or worse. Okay, so there you yeah. go. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Jennifer Lawrence and Natalie and Scarlett and Zoe. I mean, it's like everybody. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that they're having fun. This is a good outlet for actors and actresses. Sure. And almost none of them trash talk the process. Even the Batman v Superman crew, you don't hear a whole lot of trash talking, um, which is interesting. You haven't yet. yet. I think especially if this uh, this experiment goes down in flames at some point – then you're going to start hearing stories. I mean, Ryan Reynolds has denounced Green Lantern. I mean, he has said that he didn't like working on it. He didn't enjoy it. People have, and Ben Affleck has come out against Armageddon. I mean, apparently his audio commentary for Armageddon is, I can't believe I made a movie this terrible. Oh my God, this scene is stupid. Oh my God, this scene is stupid. Apparently it's really, really funny. Um, but I'd be interested to see what his opinion of Batman v Superman is in 10 years. All right. So I'm just going to run down the calendar and then we will sign off together. All right. So we have Dr. Strange in November. Yep. We have Rogue One in December. Mm-hmm. We have Guardians of the Galaxy next to May. We have Wonder Woman next June. Did I miss Justice League? When's Justice League supposed That's to come 2018. out? That's 2018. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> we, wonder, we wonder what next June. We have Spider-Man next June or July. We have Thor, directed by Taika Waititi. 
in November. Mm-hmm. And then we have episode eight in December. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And okay. then in February of 2018, we have the Black Panther. When's so Guardians all, 2? Uh, I thought you said Guardians 2. It was next May. Okay. Guardians May. Yeah. Oh, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Right, Guardians May, Spider-Man over the summer, Wonder Woman over the summer, and then in the fall is Thor and Episode 8, and then Black Panther is in February 2018, and then the Avengers 3, or whatever they're calling it now, is in... Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, is in spring of 2018, and then just... But the point being, you have all of those movies I just named, including Wonder Woman, Yeah, before Justice League. There's going to be another X-Men movie at some point in there. They haven't planned it yet, but you got to figure... Well, Wolverine is definitely happening next year. All right. And they're aiming for uh, uh, Deadpool 2, also for early 2018. Okay. So that also could come out before it's the Justice League movie. Right. Point being, we got a lot of movies before Justice League comes out. I can't see it it working out. You know, I, I, I know I've been wrong on a couple predictions, but this is one I feel like I, I'm not going to be wrong on. I mean, let's put it this way, and I'll give you the final thought uh, uh, through this question, which is, is a is there anything that can happen to make Justice League cool? And if so, B, what is it? All right. I, I think the only <laughs> thing that can really save Justice League at this point is if Wonder Woman is great. Because it seems like whatever Suicide Squad does, and it, it seems like it's going to do okay at the box office, it doesn't seem like it's a great movie. And if you're nervous about where WB is going with this universe, I don't get the sense that it provides a lot of reassurance that this is back on stable ground anymore. If Wonder Woman is also okay average maybe even mediocre people are really not going to be interested in the fourth movie or i guess actually the fifth including man of steel yeah yeah it would be the fifth including man of steel crappy movie in this fran- in this universe people will be tired of it by that point i'm pretty sure um especially because none of these other solo characters are going to get movies beforehand if wonder woman is good and finally, we can maybe cleanse the palate of the first two or, I guess, three bad movies. Then people will at least be a little bit more enthusiastic for Justice League. Maybe. Um, I, I really think that's it. Unless they change it up and find some way to fuse the TV and movie universes together. Um, I still don't think they're going to do that. Um, but if they could find some way to do that and maybe try to piggyback on some of the popularity of the flash and arrow and supergirl and legends maybe maybe that'd help a little bit um but if really if i was jeff johns even with now being in charge of the dceu i still would not really want my tv product crossing over with the movie stuff um so i think wonder woman is going to be the make or break for justice league i think if wonder woman is bad or doesn't get good return. If Wonder Woman's office. bad, it's over. If Wonder I Woman's so. bad, it's over. But if Wonder Woman's good, it still doesn't mean that it's not over. Sorry. That's correct. Like, well, I could Wonder Woman could be great, and they still have huge problems. Oh, 100%. Which is, I guess, what the point I was trying to make earlier about it being somewhat... It could be isolated in, in a productive way from the other bullshit that's going on, if they sure. know what they're doing with that particular project. And sure. I would love that because if nothing else, DC could own the coolest super female superhero by far. 
Sure. You know, if nothing else, they could have the coolest fuck. I mean, th- those images of her running through the the war fields of World War One, honestly, man, look great to me. I think it's going to sell well to the American audience if it's done well, and the I rest of so the movie's too. done well. And I think there are plenty of characters in the DC universe, yes. the the actual universe, that could make good movies. I think this trying to force them all into one coherent story and just copy what Marvel did is where WB has made its biggest mistake. Um, that and that they're appro- they're doing it backwards. But if the DCEU fails, then maybe we would just get fewer, better movies with DC characters in them. I think there is a decent Green Lantern movie to be made. I think there's a fine Flash movie you could make. I think some of the weirder stuff like Booster Gold about the time traveler from the future or Legion of Superheroes, which is set entirely a thousand years in the future, um, I think could be cool. I, I certainly think it's a promising enough premise to think about. It's when you got to make it all bind together and don't put the right people in place to make that happen that you produce crap like what we've gotten so far. Um, so I even if the DCEU yeah. fails, right. it doesn't mean those characters are going to disappear. Superman is always going to be popular enough that somebody's going to want to make a Superman movie. And same with Batman. Yes. And hopefully Wonder Woman proves people can make money with that character too. So just make a movie a year, two movies a year, have them be unrelated. And then if every, if you make six of those good ones in a row, then surprise, everything is related after all. And then you make a new Justice League movie. Um, that DC hasn't suck. made a universally agreed upon great movie since 2008 with The Dark Knight. I would probably I- agree with that. I happen to really like The Dark Knight Rises way more than you, who's a DC guy. I really like The Dark Knight Rises. It's grown on me over time. I did not used to like it. That was from 2012. But of the new DCEU, they have not had anything near a good movie. No. I mean, you and I spent hours trying to come up with reasons to like Man of Steel. And we I came up with a couple things. <laughs> but I'm saying we at least tried, you know, yeah. we at least opened ourselves to the possibility of some good things coming out of it. And remember what I said earlier, you know, the, the, the most dabbing evidence against, uh, against Suicide Squad is reviewers saying, well, say what you will about Batman v Superman. Well, right. during our Batman v Superman, yeah. I, I probably said multiple times, well, say what you will about Man of Steel. But. Yeah, we agreed. Man of Steel is half of a good movie, which half is still one movie. half more than BVS. Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. Well, uh, you know, I mean, to bring it all around, in the end, as you've pointed out, maybe we'll talk about in some future podcasts, we've got to sign off, is that, um, you know, <laughs> success on the big screen doesn't necessarily translate to success in comic books. Um, although it's hard to deny that the Black Panther franchise has taken off big time in the last, like, six months to a year or so with its developments that's unique to that franchise. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not the biggest insult in the world to DC to say, you know what, it's just much better in comic book form. Maybe yeah. not, right? Maybe it just, just like the X-Men. The X-Men are better in comic book form, right? I mean, it's like... Or as a cartoon. Yeah. Well, Batman the Animated Series might be the best of the bunch, honestly. I it mean, is, that, but the X cartoon is pretty, from the 90s was pretty awesome. It was pretty good, but the Batman one is like truly artistic. I, I, yeah. I, I, even though I read X-Men for years growing up and not Batman, I remember the Batman cartoon way more than the X-Men cartoon. I remember the music and the look, but the episodes of Batman is like, oh my god, I can't believe seeing this on TV. So, yeah, there's lots of media to explore. So, all right, man, this was awesome to have you on. It was way longer than we expected. That's cool. That's going to happen. I 
every time. Um, I feel like that's so, going to be the epitaph on my tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> it was much longer than we expected. <laughs> um, so the big question is, is there a, a, any scenario under which you will see Suicide Squad in the theater for more than $10? Uh, probably not. Uh, my parents are visiting for the weekend, so maybe if we went and saw it and I could convince them to, to pick up the ticket, then I'd probably do it. If I get a text message from you saying, oh my God, Suicide Squad is amazing, I might drive my car off a bridge. If I send you that text message, <laughs> I might drive my car off a bridge. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for being on. No problem. Till next Much time. Much appreciated. Till next time. All right. Peace, Matt.